It's the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast, Episode 10, Working With Your Crew. This episode is brought to you by the Illinois Digital Educator Alliance and IdeaCon, held on February 24th through 27th in Schaumburg, Illinois. For more info, go to ideaillinois.org. Took a listen to your playlist, shot my best, but man, it's not my big The modern royals, I'll get you worship, but if you ask me, change the Hey, good morning, Punk Rock Classrooms. Maybe it's afternoon, maybe it's evening, maybe you're driving, maybe it's your plan time. I am Mike, Principal Extraordinaire out of Lansing, Illinois. And this is Josh Buckley, a social studies teacher from Mesa, Arizona. And we want to welcome you to the Punk Rock Classrooms podcast once again, because here in Punk Rock Classrooms, we want to get our, our schools and our classrooms to be like a punk show. We want that passion, that unity, and that DIY attitude in what we do. And as always, you do not have to be a punk or listen to punk rock to bring that punk rock mindset to your school. We can all be punks here together at the Punk Rock Classrooms Podcast. That's right, Mike. And today, we're talking about bringing everybody together. Uh, yep. An earlier episode, we talked about, you know, like finding your crew and an importance of like getting those connections built, not only with the students in your classroom, but with your colleagues. Now, on this episode, right. we're really going to narrow in on this idea of like, what you can do when you get your crew together, like your colleagues, what you can accomplish when you bring your colleagues together, what that looks like. And so for me, as a, as a young punk kid, uh, it was always not just about like hanging out with my punk friends, right? It was the stuff that we kind of did together, right? That, that right. we were able to accomplish when we came together. And one of those things when I was in, like, I, like I've talked about on the show before, I, in college and in high school, I was in a punk band uh, called the Peabodies. And uh, we put out, we recorded an album, we did all the artwork for it, and we did our CD release show uh, at, a, at an old town hall in 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 saginaw michigan right so we put together this show and all of that 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 show that we put on uh didn't happen if we wouldn't have brought all of our friends and different parts of our crew together to make it right like we needed someone to be able to collect cash at the door right we needed right. someone uh to put on sound and kind of run the sound for us so we had a friend who uh ran sound at all sorts of shows uh he helped us run that show uh, and we had all sorts of friends who were in bands, right? Like, what's a show if you don't bring all the other bands to it, right? right? It couldn't just be us. So we brought all these other folks into it. And we decided to do something very stupid at the show because we need, you know, we, it was our big CD release show. So yeah. we made uh, pyrotechnics for our show <laughs> that took place in a little town hall in Saginaw, right. Michigan. We decided to make flash pots, um, so we had to figure we had to figure out how to make these big. We had to figure out how to do this, and it was so dumb. But we convinced some of our friends to like be the pyrotechnicians to like light these things on fire, so they would they would like do these big flashes at the beginning of the show. Uh, it was dumb. It was dumb. Uh, some friends lost some arm hair in the process, but. <laughs> The point is that when you bring 
everybody together, right? Like we had, uh, we met folks who helped us put the album out, hooked right. us up with, you know, a guy who helped us record it. Um, you know, we had some friends who helped us put the artwork together. Uh, a friend of ours who did like t-shirt designs for us and all this stuff that we just couldn't do by ourselves. Well, that's really hard when you're doing it by yourself. So I think that this attitude, it's not only just getting your crew together and leaning on them, because we talked about that a lot before, but it's about getting stuff done together. So from your standpoint, what does that look like in a school? What does that look like on your school? How are you seeing your teachers and how are you working alongside your teachers to do what's best for kids? Yeah, I mean, first off, I just want to say I'm surprised the town hall allowed you guys. Well, they never would have. They didn't know. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, but I mean, being being here, you know, an elementary campus, um, you know, education is not an I, you know, endeavor. It's not just me. You know, we had our staff meeting on Wednesday, and the majority of the meeting was reviewing our state scores from last year um a couple myself and a couple of the teachers we'd gone to a workshop right before winter break and they they kind of broke down this workshop our state scores and the areas in reading and math where we showed deficits and they showed us like the ones that you're right there your kids are almost meeting that standard and then they showed us one like here's a bigger gap and they said you know with it being january when you come back to school you need to kind of look and how can you you know attack the ones you're right there by because you don't want to stress yourself out trying to reach these other ones that have a lot of ground to make up so a lot of the meeting you know and we all know how those those faculty meetings go after school that focus on data like it's it's like a lot of people just dread it and it's drudgery (laughs) right Right. Luckily, the data meetings are always a tough one. Luckily, the staff members who attended the workshop had already come back to their teams and had already shared a lot of this information. And when I met with them, the, the two who were presenting, I said, look, I, I would rather us take this time and majority of it is the teams working together to kind of problem solve and make their plan of attack because we've got a month and a half, maybe two months before we start taking the, the next the round of the, testing, right? Yeah, the yeah. next round of testing. So, you know, it's, I started off the meeting, I had all the entire school there, kindergarten through fifth grade, specials teachers, all the specialists, paraprofessionals, everyone was there. And before we broke off and split kindergarten through second to go look at their local assessment data, because they don't take the state assessment yet, I kind of shared, you know, and I say this line all the time, you know, we can't have egos here in school like it's this is not about us and i said i understand there's a huge mind shift to get away from because if your students aren't performing or like on the local assessment we just took a couple weeks ago your students didn't make their expected growth as a teacher and i had teachers come up and tell me this i feel like i I, i'm a failure because i've put all this heart soul blood sweat and tears leading up to this winter assessment we just took and my kids didn't make what they were expected to make per the you know, NWEA map assessment. Yeah. And I said, you know, that's a time I know a lot of us would kind of shut down and you're not going to share that with your colleagues who might have a lot of things to celebrate. I said, it's not about us. And if you know me well enough, I'm not out here judging you saying because of a one day assessment, you're a poor teacher. Right. You know? And 
we got to drop the egos and come together because, you know, if, if let's say, let's say you and I are on the same teaching team, Josh. Yeah. In your kids. It'd be a good team. team. It'd be a good team. Oh, it would be phenomenal. <laughs> let's say you have your kids score. I mean, they all meet the standard of like inferences. And let's yeah. say my kids didn't, you know, I, I want our staff to be able, like, I want to be able to come to you and say, Josh, look, I, my kids are struggling. We have the same curriculum. You know, what are you doing that I'm not? And that's kind of where we need to come together as a team, especially, you know, I'm talking about test scores right now. Right. Because that's how we're judged. And we've talked about testing before and how we both feel about it. But to truly make a difference to get these kids where they're at, we got to drop those egos and we got to work and talk and communicate with each other to find out like, well, maybe this is a weakness or maybe I'm not comfortable with this topic or this standard, or this, you know, curriculum. Yeah. What, what can I do differently? And I feel like that is really where you're going to see, you know, a bang for your buck when the teachers and not just the teachers, all the staff in school know, like we're here for these kids. We're not here for us to look good and all that. Um, and it's just going to play a part for, for everything. I mean, I've been doing a lot of, well, I always do a lot of self-reflecting. Um, if you really think about it, nobody accomplishes a goal solely by themselves. Even yeah, if it's like an individual goal, like, you know, like, okay, I'm going to take an example for like running the marathon, right? Yeah. I run, I run five marathons, you know, you would think, well, running, that's an individual thing, right? Like I don't train with a group. I mean, I like to just put my headphones on and go run and do my thing by myself. Um, but even though I'm, you know, have, the first time I crossed the finish line after running 26.2 miles, that wasn't just me, you know, my wife, my kids, my parents all played a part in me meeting that goal because without them, my kids were real young at the time. We couldn't leave them home alone. There would have been no one there to watch them. Right. There would have been no one there to push me and keep saying like, look, you've got this. There wouldn't be, you know, my wife was getting me to eat healthier and you know, oh, we really shouldn't have that. Yeah. You know, we're running 20 miles tomorrow. So everything, you have to rely on other people. Oh, for sure. In some aspect or not. And when we come together, I mean, that's where amazing things happen. That's where, you know, we can celebrate successes of each other and not have that jealousy or the oh woe is me I never get anything like there goes Josh and winning another award like no like if you've got some great news like I'm gonna I'm gonna celebrate with you and pump you up and and you know enjoy your success you know because I know in next time something comes up like for me you would do the same thing so I mean it's all about you have to work with people to make huge change. So I right. kind of right. went on a little tangents there, but. No, but I, I think you're right. I think what it, what it boils down to sometimes is like, we're only going to be able to do so much in our own classrooms by ourselves. And I think like there's this idea that as we get into education and we really are siloed off sometimes into the four walls of our classroom, right? It's really easy to just walk into your classroom your kids come in and that's it, right? Like you don't, you, you don't look outside. You yeah, you shut the door and do what you need to do, right? But I think what I've learned over time is that, you know, I don't have to be an expert in everything, right? right. Like there's no need for me to try to be able to juggle 
you know, all 175 competencies that teachers are supposed to have, right? Like they, like, I don't, I don't have to juggle all those. I can lean on a neighbor who might have some insight into it. And so, you know, as a social studies teacher, like I have a, I have a, um, a minor in political science, right? So I have some government knowledge that maybe another history teacher uh, next to me doesn't have, right? right? And so, you know, I'm always, I'm willing to go like, no, dude, I totally got this. Here's how I would explain it, right? I've got a colleague who teaches, uh, who is teaching government and it was his first year teaching it. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to be there to answer questions for him, man. I'm not going to be like, nah, dude, I know it. You don't sucks to suck. Right? Like right. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do that. We can do big things together. And, you know, as a, you know, when I uh, first taught AP macroeconomics, I leaned heavily on, uh, you know, the, the trainer that put me through it. He gave us a whole bunch of material and, you know, he had a YouTube channel and a website and all this stuff. And like, I leaned really heavily on that. And, and yeah. you know, that's, you have to find that crew of people that you're going to be able to work with to get things done. And it's not just like inside your department, right? Right. Um, I, uh, when I student taught, it was, uh, the Olympics were that year. And I don't remember where they were at, but it was winter. It was one of the Olympic games when I was student teaching and we did this big cross curricular thing with math and science and social studies, right? Where we did, we put our kids through these Olympic games. It was junior high. I was teaching seventh grade, uh, geography, and we put our kids through the, uh, through the school Olympics and they had a work on their measurements and figure out like how long the distances were for these things. The science teachers helped us, you know, figure out like when we talk about speed, momentum and all this stuff, they worked with right. their kids on that part of it. And as a social studies teacher, like we helped them understand like where did the Olympic games come from? And we talked about the geography of where they're being held now and all these different pieces of it. And we built an experience for our kids, for our students, because we came together. Right. Right. Like, I, there was a point my wife and I taught at the same school. She was an English teacher. I was a, a government teacher and um, I am not an English teacher. Just, just so we're clear. I'm not, uh, I am a terrible speller. I don't have a lot of like, uh, you know, pedagogical knowledge about teaching writing. Okay. I just, you know, I didn't go to school for it. Right. You know, but it's a part of my standards as a social studies teacher. I have ELA standards, right? I have writing and speaking standards in my class. And so I, uh, my wife and I had taught a lot of the same kids. So we decided, well, let's trade off. And so okay. I, I had her come into my class and teach my kids about the rhetorical triangle and about how to write a definition essay. Cause we were defining what democracy was. Nice. Right. And so I had her come in and help me do that. And then her students were learning about, uh, they were talking about activism and how to be, you know, how to find what you're passionate about and do that work. And they were reading a book, uh, I think it was called Slacktivism. It was about how like uh, online activism isn't sometimes really activism. And so right. they were trying to find a way to, to be active. And so I came in and talked to her class about, you know, what's it like to be an activist? What's it like to to, you know, talk to your legislators and stuff like that so that we can both lean on each other. And I mean, it's nice to have that person live in the same house as me so we can have that conversation. But man, like you have experts all over your campus. Oh, yeah. And, and the thing is, you need to, 
you need to communicate and build those relationships to find out everyone's strengths. I mean, right. there, there's so many things, Josh, where I, I have the past couple of years been very comfortable admitting where I suck, you know, like I'm not doing <laughs> numbers and data. So I have no problem saying, hey, you know, I got a fifth grade teacher, I got a third grade teacher, I got a special ed teacher who are good at data. And I have no problem going to them saying, hey, can you help me out with this? And, you know, they, they enjoy it and they love it. So they're going to help me and it's going to help me better understand it. Exactly. But before we keep going, let's take a quick ad break to hear about IdeaCon. So what's IdeaCon? Well, it's a teaching and learning conference put on by Idea Illinois, and it's designed for all educators, including educational leaders, technology specialists, IT professionals, librarians, instructional coaches, and pre-service teachers from pre-K through higher education. Illinois Digital Educators Alliance and IdeaCon hope you'll join them on February 24th through 27th, 2020 at IdeaCon. Registration is now open, so visit ideacon.ideaillinois.org for more information and to register. Now, back to the show. I love the stories you're telling about teaching because when I taught, we were very big. We were on a, we were very big on, you know, cross-curricular lessons. Yeah. And we did some amazing things. And like you said, we brought experiences for our kids. We did a whole unit on, um, you know, do you remember Band of Brothers, the HBO special? Yeah, yeah. The whole unit revolving around that. And we had, they were middle school kids, eighth grade. We had parent signatures. We we ended up watching the entire Band of Brothers series at the end of this unit. You know, um, you know science was looking at like the uh, like um, the weapon makeup and things like that compared to our time. Uh, you know, we, we were writing essay and researching in English. Um, I can't remember what math and, and social studies, obviously that's a given what they were studying, but we came together and those kids learn more about that war, that era than, than they ever would have. We also, right. we also did a murder mystery in our school. <laughs> where, yeah. So science was doing all the forensics. Yeah. History was looking, they were researching the kind of the history of, you know, police investigations and forensics. Yeah. Math, there was, um, you know, calculations because they were measuring distances from where the mer- where the body was found or clues were found throughout the entire school. <laughs> we, we were writing, um, we were writing like news articles um, in my English class on it. And it's important that the kids see when you have collaborative cross-curricular units. I've always believed the kids because a lot of our students still see subjects you know, by themselves. Right. And yeah. they're not like life no. doesn't happen in silos, man. Right. They it just all doesn't. go together. So, I mean, and that's kind of what I've, I've, you know, been pushing with our administrative team here. When you look at our administrative team, all the principals across the district. Yeah. You know, we've all done like the personality surveys and what color are you? We are all, none of us are the same. We're all completely different. And we're at a good point where we've been, the principals have been pretty stable the past four or five years. It's been the same, same group of us. We know, like, people will come to me, Mike, I need some ideas on like, a, you know, a culture building activity because that's one of my specialties. I love doing like, media, faculty meetings are out of the box. We're up, we're communicating, we're collaborating, you know, but then when I need help with, you know, 
creating an Excel spreadsheet, I know I can call another principal across right. town and they're going to help walk me through that. So, you know, we have to, to truly like progress and it goes with what we talked about before and you did your reflection, getting out of our comfort zones. I mean, all these topics we talk about, just like we're talking about all the subjects going together, it all ties together to make you a well-rounded educator. And that's where you're going to be the most effective for our students because they deserve it, man. You know? Exactly. And, and we can't be afraid to admit that we aren't good at something, right? I think there's this fear sometimes, like we're teachers, we're supposed to be this wealth of knowledge and we're not supposed to need help. And if we admit that we struggle with something, then how can we be a good teacher in the classroom? But I think right. it boils down to this, right? Like, um, especially at the elementary level, when, when you're a teacher who has to teach every subject, right? right? Like, you might not be the best math person in your department, in your grade level, right? right? So why don't we go, hey, you're really good at math. Can you help me figure out what are some good lessons to teach number sense? What are some, right. good, some good lessons to help my kids understand, you know, fractions, right? right. Uh, like, I, I am not a math person. So you plunk me down and make me teach in an elementary school, I don't know that I'd be able to do it very well, right? Like yeah. we, we got to lean on each other. When I, I taught junior high for one year and I took the job at the junior high um, uh, and I was supposed to just teach social studies, right? Seventh and eighth grade social studies. That's what I was hired for. But right before the school year started, you know, you know what's going to happen, Mike. Right before the school year starts. Oh, hey, Josh, we know we hired you to do, uh, you know, seventh and eighth grade social studies, but we need a science teacher. Can you teach a couple periods of science? And I said, I've taken a science class before. <laughs> but but I, I'm not like, am I a teacher? Yes. Can I take content and help students understand it? Sure. But I didn't have an expertise on how to, make, how to run a right. lab, right? right? So I called up my buddy from Michigan who was a sign who's like Mr. Freaking wizard. Right. And I was yeah. like, dude, you got to help me out. Can you send me some stuff? What do I do with seventh graders, man? Like, how do I teach physical? So I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Like right. help me out with this. So I had to like call up all the people I knew who were science teachers. I reached back to people that I taught with at my other campus and said, Hey man, I got to teach science this year. Can you help me out? Right. Like I, I'm going to need a crew to help me get through this because instead of just going like, you know what? I don't know it, but I'm just going to wing it. Right. Cause I don't want anybody to know that I don't know what I'm doing. Right. We have to be able to admit like to get anything done for kids to do what's best for the students in our classroom. We can't pretend to be experts when we're not right. You have to be able to admit that we're all part of this team on this campus for, right. ev for every kid. Right. And, and we have to be able to say like, you know, if you're really good at this part, can you help me get there too? Right? Like we have to, working with that crew is going to make sure that our students are getting the best education possible because when I'm lacking in something, I'm going to have my teammate be able to pull me up and help me out. Right? right. They're going to give me the skills and like some ideas on how to do that better and vice versa. Right? Like I sat today in a equity meeting uh, a bunch of districts in the East Valley outside of Phoenix come together every other month. And as we're working on uh, bringing equitable uh, practices to classrooms, right? Okay. Some of our districts are ahead in this group. Some of our districts are just starting the conversation. Some yeah. of our districts are small and rural. Some of our districts are, are giant like my district. Um, 
but here's the thing like we all know in this room that some of our districts have a better expertise than others and that we're going to have to like work as a team because even it's not just the kids on your campus either right it's like kids across your district there are you know a million kids in the state of arizona and if we just decide that this district gets to be the one who's really good because they have the expertise in it, then you're going to let down every other kid. Right. So opportunities like this, not just to come together with your colleagues, but you know, I'm fortunate enough to sit on some of these committees and really work with great people in other districts and go, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Let me take it and bring it to my school, right? Like we were meeting with one district who just set out this set of questions that they look at whenever they're going to make a decision. And the set of questions are, you know, are around, uh, you know, like what groups does, you know, what groups does this impact? Will this decision have a negative impact on any of these, you know, uh, any of these groups? I have it right here. Let me, let me pull up these questions. Cause I was like, those, those are darn good questions. It was like, who are the underrepresented groups affected by this policy? What are the potential impacts on these groups? Does this policy worsen dis- uh, disparities or hit unintended consequences, right? Like, have you involved all the stakeholders in this process that of these communities that are going to be affected? And what are the barriers to making the outcomes of this decision more equitable? Like, I would never have had that list of questions. And now I'm going to be able to take those to my district and go like, hey, Right. Start making decisions. Let's make decisions through this lens because I got to sit down with a crew of people who have a different expertise and I'm going to take from them and learn from them and do better by my students because of it. Right. And I think that one of the beauties of today's day and age is with technology, because if it wasn't for, you know, Twitter, we, you and I never would have met. Right. We have, I mean, literally, at our fingertips, we can connect with anyone around the world at any time via Skype, a Google Hangout, a tweet, Voxer. And we need to take advantage of that because I know for me, you know, I've been in my district for eight years now. Um, and you know how it is when you've been in a place for a while, you know, you kind of see how that's all done. And it's important to know what other districts, you know, in, in your community, in your state, or even across the world are doing because there's no one right way to do education, you know? Right. There's no, like, here's what you need to do to be the best school and have the best students, you know, graduate. No, we need to reach out and communicate with these. It's not, it shouldn't be a race to the top. And a lot of people say that, especially when, you know, state governments look at school districts and literally it's you got your your school districts on top of the hill that are never going to get knocked off and I, it should not be like that right you know we need to know it's not a race it's not who's better it's we're for the kids like so we should be trying to progress every single one of our students regardless of their zip code their demographics you know their background right progress them to be better for you know the future because that's they're going to be the ones running it soon right and if we can come together right like it's not just about leading on your crew it's about like getting the work done with them and so what we did is we asked our you know our folks out in the twitterverse we asked them to chime in in our slow chat 
And our slow chat question that we asked today was, how do you work with your colleagues to support students? And so our first tweet that we got, uh, one of the tweets we got is from uh, Miss O's class uh, at, Miss Re at read underscore with underscore Miss underscore O. And she says, my partner and I tag team tutoring, explanations, activities. Sometimes we co-teach our combined classes of about 50 kids. There's no magic intervention. I found oftentimes a student just needs another student to level with them and show them how it works. So bringing those kids together in a crew and then working with your colleagues to, to team teaching is one of those great ideas. Definitely, love it. Next one we had from Steve Knucklehead. Flower I think I do a Steve Knucklehead one time. <laughs> his, uh, his Twitter handle is Flower City Punk. Um, so he wrote, my special ed colleagues and I share an office and are always sharing ideas on how to engage students. I especially like teaching the veteran teachers how I'm able to engage the students who traditionally are troublesome by connecting to them on a personal level. And I love that because I've, I've said there's a lot of times in education where the younger teachers are sometimes, I don't want to say intimidated, but you don't want to speak up to the veteran teachers because, you know, you feel like they've been around longer. They know. Right. But, this sounds like I would love to be in this office just hearing them collaborate because I can only imagine how many different approaches and styles there are to engage in those kids. For sure. Our next one is from Adam uh, Kodos or Kados. And uh, he says, my partner teacher and I are in constant communication. We are almost one in the same. We'll know what the other is thinking immediately. We talk and share information regular. My partner teacher is awesome. And that's great having that close connection, especially if you're team teaching together, right? Like that mm -hmm. is... You yeah, have that's prime opportunity to build that relationship because you know what? You have this extra thing where the both of you get to be in a room and, and really give a ton of support to those kids in that classroom. Right. So if you're not on the same page, if you're not working together, it's not going to work for kids. Right. So ladies and gentlemen, we got a next episode coming up. Mike and I, we talked before about making your classroom like a punk show. Now we're going to talk about how do you make your school like a punk show? That's going to be on our next episode. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Punk Classrooms. You can follow Mike on Twitter at mearnshaw158. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh R. Buckley. And until the next episode, make sure you check out the hashtag Punk Rock Classrooms. And before we go, Josh, what has been blessing your ears this week? All right, here's, here's what it is, man. Uh, the Huntingtons, one of my favorite bands, dropped a new album. It just came out. It's, uh, it's you know, a great record. Uh, I'm super excited for it. It's out on uh, Velvet Blue Music, and they've got a bunch of killer tracks, right? So if you're, if you're into sort of this, this old-school punk rock, this is what I've been listening to literally – almost all week uh muerto car uh carcel o rock and roll is the name of the uh <laughs> yeah. like right like it it's it is a great little album it's got some fun tracks on it you can't go wrong with some with some like throwback ramon style punk rock for me that's one that i've been listening to as well yeah. i i really dug it um but other than that Man, I, I've written Suicide Machines, my favorite band of all time, dropped a, a new single on Wednesday. Uh, I've been listening to that. You know, every time I get in the car, it's the first thing I put on. Awesome. Uh, so I know that you've got an announcement. Like, what's going on, my man? Yeah, so you've heard at the beginning of the show, halfway through, you know, IdeaCon is coming to Schaumburg um, at the end of February, Schaumburg, Illinois. 
And I am actually presenting on Tuesday, the 25th. What, what? <laughs> yeah, at 1045. So I will be there talking about just having a positive mental attitude and changing classroom and school cultures. So if you are going to IdeaCon, or if you're not, and you're going to be in the Illinois Schaumburg area, register. Come see me on Tuesday, the 25th. I'll have some punk rock classroom swag to give out and uh, love to meet some people face to face. So. Dude, that's, that's, gonna, that's, that's gonna be awesome. Everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, remember you. to give us one of them good reviews on the old iTunes. And uh, you know what, Mike? What's we'll that? See them. At we're, the gonna, show. we're gonna see them at the show. I wanna be the one 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 I w